Praise God. Well, we see the title of the message here. Through faith and patience, you will inherit the promises. Let's start in Galatians chapter 5. Let's start there. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, I want to start there. I want to lay the foundation for the next three and the last three messages on this series. I want to do nine messages, and, and so we're going to lay the foundation for the next three. Uh, it's going to be a, a Mother's Day message, in particular for mothers, as well as for those who will be mothers, aspire to be mothers in the future. It will be for them also. In verse 6 it says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. And that's the backdrop of him talking to the Galatians because they were uh, being harassed and wanted to go back into maybe uh, legalism and things like that. And they started in grace. And Paul said, well, who has bewitched you, O Galatians? So uh, circumcision, anything you want to do with works, is, it avails nothing whatsoever. But faith working through love. And the King James will say, by love. And it could mean, really, another word is uh, by means of. So those, either, either three is fine, through love. Faith works through that. Without love. It's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. So in a faith that, that we think we're moving in, it's really not faith. If it's not working by God's love, through God's love, because God is love. He's love. And so anything we, we do uh, to step out uh, in belief of God is because he loves us. That's why we want to do it. Now, faith does not work in a vacuum. Faith is not idle. Faith without works, we know, is dead, as we said before. Now, we're going to go from this verse, and we'll go to 1 Corinthians 13, because we want to keep that love in there, uh, because many people don't. Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And in that particular verse, a lot, a lot of you know about 1 Corinthians 13 itself. In verse, verse, verse 13, let's look there. That's the last verse in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. But now faith, hope, love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now when it says the greatest of these mean love is love, it's not saying really that we're comparing the value of love or the value of love versus faith and hope. We're saying that uh, it's saying in its original uh, meaning that love goes goes longer than faith. It, It outlasts faith. It outlasts hope. In other words, as it said above in verse 8, love never fails. Because God is love. This is a characteristic of God. God is love, so it's never going to fail. So we'll, we'll continue loving all the time. Whereas when, when Jesus comes back, 
and we get to heaven, not gonna, we're not going to need hope because why are we going to hope in something we already have? Because there's no need to hope in eternity because we already have eternity. We would have achieved the culmination of that once we get there. We, it started once we gave our life to Jesus Christ, but it culminates when, when, we, when we get there. So we're not hoping for something that uh, we won't have. We have eternal life, and it will culminate then. So we don't, need, we don't need hope, and we won't need faith either, but we will need love. So that's what it's saying. Love is very important. Love is very important. And, and, and I, I like to say when I used to teach uh, the elders and my leaders, I said that in, 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 in part of the five things that I hold very dear and that I teach most of the time uh, is that a relationship with Jesus Christ is the most important thing. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, everything else is just, you know, nothing, okay? Uh, and then I said the Word of God is as st- a standard. You must have the Word of God as a standard. No doubt about that. And I said that uh, character is more important than gifts, Character is more important than gifts. That's what I believe. I believe that, that you can have all the gifts in the world, but if you don't have the character of Christ, that's not what God wants. That's not what he looks for because the fruit of the Spirit uh, is part of the, the result of the Holy Spirit being in us. And as, as verses 1 through 5 of, of 1 Corinthians tell us, that you can, have, you can have all the faith in the world. It's not going to do you any good if you don't have love. You can, have, you can speak in the tongues of men and angels. If you don't have love, you like a sounding gong. It really doesn't matter. You can, have, you can have all the knowledge, all the wisdom. You can have all the manifestations of the Holy Spirit that it talked about in 1 Corinthians 12. If you do not have love, it avails nothing. But we know we need all of it. <laughs> we, need, we need the gifts, the manifestations, and we also need his character. So I like to put things in perspective. Love is a backdrop of our talking about faith. It is. And as we get to our next three messages, I'll be isolating certain things of faith. And so, therefore, we have to have this love in a backdrop because that's what Jesus has. He, he did things because of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't just give him this. But I, think, I, I think it's a neat thing to do. Let's, do. let's just do that, Jesus. Let's just have you die for the world. No, he, because he loved you so much that he did this. And so it's about love. Now let's go to Romans, another one, chapter 13, verse 8. Let's go there. And let's see another verse that I think is, is really, really, really good that we can add to this. It says, Oh, no man anything except to love one another for who loves his neighbor, for the one who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, and these are speaking of the law now, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, all these are part of the law, the Ten Commandments, and if there be any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, verse 10 is what I wanted to get to. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. So we don't have to worry about all these do's and don'ts of the law. 
We have to be just concerned about how can I allow the Holy Spirit to move and, and, and flow through me without holding him up with my things and my problems, my hang-ups and all those things like that. How can I actually do that? So let's take, take one of them. You shall not commit adultery. That's, that's the law. Well, if you don't do your neighbor in the wrong, why would you commit adultery? If your, if, if your mentality is, I will not do my neighbor in the wrong. To commit adultery is doing your neighbor wrong. Is doing your neighbor who's your wife wrong. Is doing your neighbor who's somebody else's wife wrong. Is, is wrong. <laughs> is that correct? It's just wrong. You shall not murder. Well, if you're not going to do your neighbor in the a, in a wrong, you wouldn't murder. You wouldn't steal from your neighbor. You wouldn't covet what your neighbor has if you want, don't want to do your neighbor in the wrong. So really, when, when these uh, teenagers, young adults, and, and uh, uh, young people, when you are uh, involved with somebody, you get in a relationship with somebody, and uh, they say, if you love me, you allow me to kiss you. If you love me, you allow me to fill in the blank. If you love me, that's, 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 that's what they say, if you love me. And sometimes women think, well, if I want this person to love me, if I want to keep him, then I, will, I, would, I would maybe allow him to do this. But that's not love. That's not love. Actually, the person doesn't love you. If they are asking you to do God wrong, if he's asking you to break God's law, if he's asking you to sow seeds in your life, so that it's going to come to fruition later on that's going to be harmful to you, your children, and all the things. That's wrong. And also, that's not love. That's not love at all. So don't, don't go for this, this thing, I love you, because all, 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 all it is really, I eros you. You know, I, I, I'm uh, lustful for you. It's not really agape. It's important now. It's important for us to know that because we want to understand that love is the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets. And it's very important for us to realize that God wants to be honored. God wants to be glorified. And so you ask yourself a question. The thoughts I'm thinking, will it glorify God? Will it bring somebody else to glorify God if they see, if, if I walk out this, this thought I have in my head? Or my actions, does my action that I'm getting ready to, will it glorify God? Where I'm about to go, will it glorify God? Will it cause somebody else to glorify God? Another question you, you can ask. This attitude I have, will it glorify God? Will it cause somebody else to glorify God? If we think of that, our thoughts, our actions, our attitude, if we think, if we think about glorifying God, then in our households, our marriages will be much better, won't they? Our relationship with our children will be much better. Our relationships on our jobs will be much better. 
Our relationships in the church will be much better. I mean, it'll be just much better because we'll be walking out the commandment of love because the love walk is a walk of self-denial. Jesus walked a love walk, and he denied himself for others. That's what he did. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 8. I think we'll start there, maybe. No, Hebrews, yeah. Uh, 13, 6, 13. Let's go there. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. And so, having patiently waited, he obtained a promise. It's going to take some patience on our part when you start stepping out in faith. Don't think everything going to go hunkadori just because you step out on faith. It's not going to happen that way. Not going to happen that way. Now, let me read you what verse um, 9 says. It says, But beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accomplish salvation. Though we are speaking <clears throat> in this way, for God is not, <clears throat> is God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name and having ministered and still ministering to the saints. Verse 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. Hope is an expectation it's not something you, I hope it happens. It's an expectation that this is going to happen. You're looking forward to it. It's an anticipation. That's what hope is. And it says, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We're going to have to have some Patience with our faith. That's what we're going to have to have. Sometimes we think that everything is uh, instant. And everything is not instant. Some things you're going to have to wait for. And really, Abraham, did he, did he see all the promises come to pass in it with his natural eyes? No. No. He was convinced of those things. He saw them in distant future. He knew that they existed, but he was not around when God says, through your seed, all nations are going to be blessed. And, of course, he was talking about Jesus Christ. A lot of people didn't, didn't receive what they believed for. But it takes patience. Let's go to Hebrews now. Uh, where we left off, chapter 13. Let's go there. 
Hebrews 11.13, that's where we want to go. In Hebrews 11.13, you remember we left off with, with Sarah, talking about her. And now we want to pick it up in verse 13. It says, all these died in faith. Who are the all these? We're talking about Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abram, Abraham, Sarah. All these died in faith. What does it say? Without receiving the promises. Can we have faith for things and we not see it, but it happens? What do you think prophecy is? When we read things in the Bible, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, was it already prophesied that Jesus Christ would come? Did he come? Absolutely. But those who were there didn't see him, even though they prophesied about it. Let's listen, listen to this. But having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Do we really want to be people of faith? Do we really want to be people of faith? God says that anything that's not of faith actually is what? Sin. Do we want to be people of faith? <laughs> yeah, we want to be people of faith. We really do. Well, do we want to confess then that this world system, this place we're in now, is really not our home? Are we making that confession now? We, we, we're just, as the children's uh, slogan is, you see a sign when you walk down the children's hall up, on the, uh, up there hanging. What are, what, what are the children's ministry called? Sojourners. Sojourners. That means they are, they are traveling through. And that's what he's saying here. We're aliens here. We're strangers in this world. That's what they were confessing. Are we confessing that here? Are we confessing that, hey, this is it right here. I think most of us are confessing that we, we'll, we have a home in heaven. I think most of us are confessing that, that we're seated in heaven in places with Christ Jesus. Aren't we? I think most of us are confessing that. But are we living that out, though? Because just because we say something with our mouth, because we, we, we uh, know the scripture, doesn't mean that we act that way. Is that true? How about Mother's Day and Father's Day? Don't our children usually honor us on Mother's Day and Father's Day? What about the rest of the days during the year? <laughs> it's not that same honoring, you see. If you really honor me, you honor me all the time. Well, well see, we, we want to walk out being a sojourner here. In other words, we don't want to get entangled in the affairs of this life. We don't want the life to have hold of us because it's not about this life. We are here for a purpose. And the purpose is to bring other souls into the kingdom. As many people, we want to draw them 
into the kingdom of God, be vessels that God can do that because no one can come to God unless, no, unless uh, nobody can come to Jesus as God draws them, says that in John. So we know that he does the work, but we know that we are the vessels that he uses. So, it's a, so it is about souls. That's what it's about, souls. It's about, uh, like Proverbs say, he who wins souls is wise. Well, he who wins souls is wise, he's not talking about evangelism. He's actually talking about getting to know somebody, getting in a relationship with somebody, and helping them move from uh, A to Z, called discipleship. Go into all nations and make what? Disciples. Go make disciples of all nations. That's what he said. Because if you just make converts... Uh, it's just like making a baby, and you don't bring them up, you don't nurture them, you don't guide them, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work with, with uh, people saved either. God wants us to really work with them, to help people. That's what he wants. So he wants us to be about his business. So it's not really about my automobile. It's not about my house. I have to be a good steward, is that correct? God expects me to good, be a good steward. There's no need to have on, on my life to pay his grace in the bumper dragging the ground. No need, right? That's not going to glorify God, right? No. I'm very fortunate I have the color of the car I have because I haven't watched it in about two years. But, you know, <laughs> but you can't tell. You know. If I had a black car, maroon car, you could tell very easily. Uh, but I want to get a car that's like dirt so that, you know, you can't tell it. <laughs> but if it looks bad, I need to what? Clean it up, right? I need to clean it up. I need my yard to look good, don't I? I don't need all these little yellow things and white things. Me going and so little kids come to my yard, pick one up, blow it. And, and, oh, that's cute. cute. Hey, you know, you spread seeds. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> no, you you want to you you want to be a, a good testimony. So we have to be about uh, being a good steward, but. I'm not living for my yard. I'm not living for my house. I'm not living for my job when I was teaching. I'm not living for my job. I thought I was that when I when I was the coaching and teaching. I, I wasn't living to teach, but I was living to coach because uh, I love coaching. Uh, so, uh, but God showed me it's not about that because I'm not going to ask you anything about that. Not one thing am I going to ask you about that. How many games you win, right? Did you see that, man? Did you see that when he, when he shot the ball, man? It was, a, oh, it, we won the game the last second. He's he not going to talk about that. Not going to talk about that. I'm just telling you what God is saying in his word. That if you're going to be like the people of faith here, you're going to have to make this confession that you are strangers exiled on the earth. This earth. We are waiting for another earth. Right? New heavens, new earth. We're looking for the new Jerusalem, right? Where there's no sun. Because the sun, Jesus Christ, he, he'll be the light. The Father's light. Verse 14, for those who say such things, make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. If indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, would have not had the opportunity to return, they would have they had the opportunity to return. 
But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed. Oh, you didn't hear the first word. Therefore. Why is it therefore there? Because they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. That means they were renouncing the one that they were in. I'm just sojourning here. I'm just passing through. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. I said, said, God, my goodness gracious, I want to be like these in a hallmark of faith. That's what I want to be. I need to be making that confession. I need to be living it out, though. That is not about this life here. It's about winning souls. It's about glorifying you, Lord. That's what I'm here for. That's what Jesus was here for. He wasn't worried about, he wasn't worried about the, the women that was following him. He wasn't worried about you know, all the people who left him or who, who stayed. He wasn't worried about anything. He was worried about being about the Father's business. He always did that which pleases the Father, he said. That's what he was concerned about. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said in Isaac, your descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. So it's a type and a shadow of that. We are not going to step out on that kind of faith. That kind of faith that he had if this life is what it's about. And we don't believe that God is who he said he is. See, Abraham said, I can offer up Isaac. I can do that. I, I can kill him in a heartbeat because God said so. And he knew God's voice. So therefore, God is able to raise him up because God said he's going to be, the, he's going to through Isaac, all the seeds of the world, all the uh, people of the world are going to be blessed, all nations. So therefore, God has to raise him up. He has to raise him up. He knew what God said. He trusted and believed God. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even regarding things to come. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of his sons, of, each of the sons of Joseph, and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones. If he was, if he was only concerned about this day in life, that life there, he, he wouldn't have said, take my bones anywhere. By faith, verse 23, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure the ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Are we there? Are we there in saying that, you know what? I, I'm not going to enjoy the pleasures of sin. I want, it, I want what God wants. So therefore, I'm going with God, regardless of the, of the ill treatment that I'm going to face. Verse 26, considering the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to a reward, to the reward, his heavenly reward. Verse 27, by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured 
as seeing him who is unseen. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, though they were passing through as though they were passing through dry land. And the Egyptians, when they attempted it, were drowned. It takes faith when waters rise up for you to walk through it because it wasn't, it wasn't just walking across this, this, this uh, uh, platform. It wasn't just walking across this sanctuary. They had to go a distance. And as this water's up there, you don't know whether this water's going to come down, down on you. You don't know whether it's not going to come down on you. You're going to have to trust God. Because God says so. It's going to have to be the same thing when God gives you some uh, commandments or something to do. You're going to have to trust him and get it done. It says, verse 30, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. And it takes faith to do that. Circle something and do exactly what God says because you trust God. By faith, Rahab, the harlot, a prostitute now, did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she welcomed the spies in peace. She moved out on faith. And what more can I say, the scripture is saying, for time will fail me to tell you about Gideon, will tell him about, you know, Barak, will tell him about Samson, Jephthah, will tell him about uh, 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 David and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms. Perform acts of righteousness, obtain promises, shut the mouths of lions, quench the power of fire, escape the edge of the sword. From weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, but put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection, and others were tortured, not accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings, scourgings, and yes, and also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. Woo, they were sown in two. They were tempted. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering from deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these having gained approval through their faith, it says. It says all of these, not just some of these. See, most of the time uh, we, we stop at Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, and Jacob, all, all, this, all the good stuff. We don't say that. Oh, by faith. By faith they were stoned to death. By faith they, they just say, I, I, don't release me because I'm not going to deny Jesus Christ. By faith they say, hey, saw me in two. Saw me in two. Because God has a better resurrection for me. It's a better life for me. But you might think, so, well, we don't have to do that over here. Yeah, but you better be able to teach that. You better be able to model that because they are being uh, put to death in foreign countries. In foreign countries, they are being put to death because of their, their uh, uh, statement, their confession that Jesus Christ is their Lord. Yes, they are. I mean, it's something. To hear the reports on the voice of the martyrs, things going on in these foreign countries just because they uh, want to believe in Jesus Christ. We don't face it here yet, but, you know, things are you know, still getting, don't say anything about the name of Jesus, you know. Don't, don't pray in that name, all this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, you say something about, uh, about uh, hate crimes in front of the pulpit, they're going to they're gonna, uh, pull back your... Your uh, 5013C, you're not going to be able to 
uh, give money and take it off from the government. So what? When you get really, you get really, you know, really down to it, so what? Is it is it worth? Oh, I, we got to keep our five ones three because people are not gonna give because they want to tax uh, money back. They want to get more money back. So therefore, whatever you say, government, I bow down to you, government. Is that what we wanted to do? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We're gonna we're gonna speak the word of God. Just what the word of God said, we're gonna say it. They can have it. We got it on tape. On the, on the, on the uh, website, you can get it off tape. You can come in here. You can say all you want to. Uh, it's okay with me because God says this is not our home. We have another home. So I praise God. This sets the stage for what we're going to teach next week and week after and week after. It's going to be good. I'm going to concentrate on this one thing each of those times.